0: Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. I'm really excited for you to hear my interview with this week's friend, Lucas Paisley, because Lucas has a real personal connection to this music, and it's rare to interview someone who studied so close to the source. Also joining us is Kilby Spencer on guitar, who's been on the show a few times before. He's the one who set me up with a whole bunch of interviews, including this one, and hosted me when I came down to Crumpler, North Carolina last spring. Thanks so much again, Kilby. Make sure to stick around after the interview to hear about Lucas's new album and find out how to support Get Up in the Cool and get access to exclusive bonus content. Here's my jam and chat with Lucas Paisley. Enjoy.
1: Very, very
0: nice yeah <laughs> um lucas paisley welcome to get up in the cool
1: thanks so much for having me it's a pleasure yeah. to be here
0: and uh w- welcome back kilby spencer on guitar <laughs> and, uh,
1: yeah <laughs> in your house <laughs> it's
0: <been a> while. <laughs> yeah right yeah. on
1: right on so uh yeah what did we just play just played uh joe birchfield's version of Brown brownstream oh, uh, joe Birchfield. Uh, well i should say inspired by joe birch oh ah, very uh, good I, very good i wish i can't get it quite like him but uh yeah he had such a nice touch
0: Sounds really good. So, what you you had um, an idea for for your set today? You kind of have like a musical journey that you're going to take us on of like your influences, and <laughs> yeah. uh, I love that sort of storytelling. I feel okay. like makes the best kind of storytelling to weave those tunes in. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. How did you start hearing Joe Joe Burchfield?
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, um, my my dad was from uh, Allegheny County, North Carolina, and my mom was from Long Island, New York. And uh, she was uh, she was a Lutheran girl, and she asked her uh, priest uh, where she could go to college down south. And uh, she ended up at this tiny college uh, close to the mountains called Lenore Ryan, where my dad went just because it was a uh, local college. Yeah. And uh, the two of them met, and uh, thanks to '70s birth control, uh, I was uh, I followed pretty shortly thereafter. <laughs> and uh, very good. And so. So uh, it's been, uh, I've loved having these two influences in my life, kind of uh, Blue Collar Long Island and then uh, Mountains Allegheny. And it's been yeah. really, really just, just wonderful people in, in, all, in both places. Yeah. And um, so anyway, um, mom, uh, dad went to Raleigh and um, I spent um, a good many years down there. But my grandmother was always in Allegheny County. And she was sort of the stable, stable rock throughout my entire childhood. And I would spend my summers up with her, and a Very lot good. of weekends. And um, and then uh, when it came time to go to college, uh, I'd been sort of, uh, uh, you know, I'd always been. I felt like I was always looking for something, and uh, my mom um, married a bluegrass guitar player for a while, and that was kind of the first step. Uh, yeah, first step in that direction. And then when I came up to go to college at Appalachian State. Um, I started a little music club, and we were, uh, I just knew I wanted something acoustic, but I didn't know quite what I was looking for, and uh, and I got acquainted with, um, who remains, one of my great friends in the world, and one of my favorite banjo players, uh, Trish Kilby, and uh, she's now Trish Four, but um, she, uh, we, we just struck off a great friendship, and she kind of reeled me into old-time music, and soon as she did... That's uh, what it's like, isn't it? Yeah. reeled in. <laughs> knew, I, knew I'd found exactly what I'd been looking for. Yeah. And um, so I was really lucky. Uh, kind of a long, story, long way to tell you about that tune, which is I was really lucky at that time, um, Joe Birchfield was still alive. And he was yeah. the, uh, the, the original fiddler for the Roan Mountain Hilltoppers. And I got to catch him right in the twilight years of his life. And I was just so thankful for that. And uh, Trish and I would ride out to his place and we would um we'd visit with him, and I was just learning to play the fiddle, and then i'd go back and I'd listen to the record more and listen to the record. He couldn't play uh that well at that point, but it was so in, it was so uh helpful yeah and instructional when when I would just try to get him a play to play play him to try to see what he was trying to do with the bow, yeah, and um just really just the way he handled the bow um, kind of shaped my 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 uh, my vision of old time fiddling how old kind of, was he at that time i'd have to i certainly in his 80s yeah. but I, um i'm not i'm not exactly sure i'm not, I'm not i've got a terrible memory uh, but that those years would have been somebody can look it up but those would have been like 1996 to 1999 uh, In those years that Trish and i were going out there um so anyway i just i love that version of uh, i love joe's version of uh brownstream because it's it's all about the bow yeah and uh yeah. He, just the way he's handling it and uh the nice rhythmic stuff he does and every time i go back and listen to the record i think oh i thought i had it but there's so much more there than i even thought and uh yeah it just kind of comes alive again
0: so, very cool. Yeah. I just started listening to Joe Birchfield, like, literally a couple days ago. Oh, okay. And, yeah, okay. now I'm, like, trying to eat it up. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very cool, very cool.
1: Well, he's got another great tune that, that's on that uh, same record, and that I got to hear him play just a little bit. It's uh, it's his really strange version of um, Sally Ann, and they called it an uh, old-time Sally Ann. Okay. Um, play that a little bit. spooky
0: it is it's kind so of so sp- good <laughs> so good not
1: what you think of when you uh, think of sally Ann. she for sure.
0: sure inspired a lot of a lot of different feelings she did kind of reminds me of that tommy gerald sail away ladies yeah. yeah yeah it has a similar kind of vibe i love um, those those minor tunes that go to the major go to the re- i love that sound yeah, yeah. it's really um, pretty
1: yeah, and I, I'm with you, and Devil in the Straw Stack, I kind of put in that same category, mm. too, from the sort of interest in, uh, yeah. yeah, Um And I'll tell you what I wish would, would come of this little podcast is yeah. I, I, I was uh, looking for, I was trying to see if anybody had a version of that on YouTube, maybe of Joe playing it. Yeah. Because people will, you know, you see, get to see so many things on YouTube now, and I thought I'd love to see him playing that tune. And I came across a uh, Natalie Merchant.
2: Oh, really? Version
1: of, of Sally Ann. Huh. And I'm convinced whoever was playing fiddle with her listened to Joe Birchfield. Interesting. And I would, I would really like to know who that fiddler was and how in the world she ended up playing on that. <laughs> and maybe I'm totally wrong, but, I don't, but I'd be surprised if I was, because I don't know how else you'd come up with that version of Sally Ann. All right, get up in the cool hive mind. So, <laughs> go,
0: figure, go figure it out. <laughs> they, they like to go run yeah. uh, run errands. So I mean, uh, I'd love to have it out. answered.
1: I've wondered about that for years. Yeah. whoever was playing on that video and uh, just
0: the way she played.
1: Yeah, it just was pretty much, much that like melody, Joe. and they would kind okay. of adapted it for uh, the you know whatever they were doing there. But uh, yeah, but it was uh, it was really interesting. But um, I'd love to know if she. If she met Joe or played with Joe yeah. or I just I don't know who it was at all. Yeah. Right
0: on. Maybe we'll get an answer. We'll see. Sometimes we'll see. we do. That'd yeah. be great. Yeah. <laughs> right
1: um. Yeah. So uh, this. Uh, um. So after I, I was in college, I you know I I went and told my grandmother that I was um uh, interested in old time music and she immediately said. Um, well, you've got to go and meet uh, some of these different cousins and you know, people that played and everything. So the, the second step for me was just this real nice kind of family homecoming. Yeah. And, uh, finding out that all these different uh, family members played. And I was down in um, wilkes one night um, at a jam, and I heard this, I heard this old man playing fiddle. And I, and, I, and, and, and I thought, but he was still really playing. He was really good, and he was out at a jam. And, um, and, and I found out his name. And I went home, and uh, I was I was staying with my grandmother at that time. And I went and I I, I told her I was, you know, I, I guess maybe every maybe everybody goes through this, but for me, like early on playing, like you really kind of picked your heroes, and yes. you did everything you could to sound just like them, and uh, at least that's how it was for me, and. Um, so anyway, I went home and told my grandmother, I said, you know, I found, I found my fiddler. I said, this, this old man is just exactly who I've been looking yeah. for. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just do everything he does. And she said, well, what's his name? And I said, um, Fred McBride. And I can just picture it now. Cause she just, she slammed down her recliner and she sat straight up in the recliner and she said, Fred McBride? She said, you've seen him at every family reunion you've been to since you were five years old. And, uh, and for me, in my kid's mind, yeah. you know, I just went to the family reunion for the women's cooking. Yeah. And, uh, and there was just this group of old men uh, yeah. over there in the corner talking about old men stuff. And uh, yeah. I never, never really paid much attention to any of them. Um, but it turned out that my grandmother and Fred were first cousins and, um, and so it, and Fred didn't recognize me either, which I, huh. um, which, uh, then the next time I went to visit him, um, yeah, I told him that story and we got a, <laughs> we got a nice big laugh out of it, but I ended up, um, just getting uh, quite a few really magical years getting to play with Fred yeah. and, uh, just going to visit with him and spending time with him and, um, so I thought maybe uh we could play a Fred tune. Wonderful. Um What's the next one? We'll do his uh version of uh, Backstep Cindy. Cool. Just
0: give me a minute here.
1: While you're finishing tuning there, I'll just uh thought I might mention how what a great admirer uh, Fred was of Thornton Spencer. Um yeah. and uh and, and Albert hash and uh, Fred would come Thornton would was I think coming over to Sparta some in those years and playing at the Krauss house and uh, and Fred would tell this story over and over because he was so he was so proud of it and uh, but there was somebody learning to play the fiddle I think Emily was doing lessons at the Krauss house but Thornton would kind of play and Fred was there playing and uh, and according to Fred um, he Thornton' Thornton was telling somebody who was learning to play the fiddle he said now if you want to learn how to play the fiddle look at my left hand and Fred's bow hand mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and I really and Fred was just so always so proud of that that, uh, <laughs> that so, but Fred was such a great fiddler and I never could get down uh, anything close to his bow and he was most fiddlers are kind of pushers or pullers yeah and and fred just had such a strange mix of everything Hmm. and uh but he just had a great sound so fred uh Fred was part of a mu- a, a big musical family the um uh, the brookses uh, from allegheny county and uh, and he had an uncle um uncle guy so and uh, uncle guy was the fiddler for the uh for the red fox chasers and uh, they recorded i think in the late twenties early thirties um so i don't, i'm not real good at dates um but uh but finding out that was was really interesting and um and so, I went through kind of an Uncle Guy phase uh, there for a while, and, uh, and just loved uh, listening to his music, and um, so I thought maybe we'd do uh, one of his tunes, or... Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. We're going, uh, going to G
0: now, huh?
1: Yeah, going to G. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, there were ten children, I think, in that family, and... Um, and of those 10 children my my great-grandfather was the only one who didn't play music mm. and i suppose but i've only been able to track down recordings of um of course the commercial recordings of uncle guy and then uh, and then there was another brother too but my great-grandfather um i don't know if he was i don't i don't think he was the type of man to be jealous but or maybe it was just like an honest statement but uh but my grandmother always says that uh that he would always say, whenever Uncle Guy's name came up, that my great-grandfather Frank would say, uh, a man who plays the fiddle isn't good for much else. (laughs) Think (laughs) of that what you will. Yeah. I think
0: there's a... I remember what label it's on. I think it's Tompkins Square Two CD set of okay. the Red Fox Chasers. It's everything that they did. Is that oh, right? Okay. I think that's right. I, I think so
1: too. I, th- yeah. I I think I got everything that they did from uh, Joe Buzzard, uh, Bizarre, Joe Bizarre, um, and um, so I, I I didn't I didn't get that set because I think I already had it all. But um, I was so glad when that came out.
0: As far as bands of that era, you probably would have a hard time finding a better. Fiddle banjo guitar combo for yeah. them because a lot of those old seventy eights. There's not a whole lot of claw hammer banjo that you can find in a band.
1: Right. And, right.
0: and Paul Miles. My- Paul Miles. My- yeah. Really. Yeah. Really yeah. He was
1: stuff. doing such neat things on the banjo and, and on those recordings. I also love the creative guitar player that was going on because yes. because uh, he was like if you listen to their Arkansas Traveler. It's It's uh you know the the guitar player kind of kicks in on the melody a little bit and he's. You know, I think um, the poor world of old-time guitar, everybody's always trying to get you to just sort of hold a chord, hold a chord, hold a chord. But uh, at least in the Red Fox Chasers, you know, they were really pushing it. They were doing some neat, That's neat cool. things. Yeah. And uh, and uh, Kilby was talking about John Perry uh, a little bit earlier, who's you know probably one of all of our favorite guitar players. And just to listen to the way he pushes the instrument and the things that he does. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he kind of breaks all the rules, but it... It just sounds perfect. That's my favorite kind yeah. of guitarist. Yeah, say. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like
0: it when they get bored. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so anyway, here's uh So this is Uncle Guy's, um, or um, I'll always say inspired by. I used to used to do my best to try to get it just exactly like them, yeah. but I, at some point I just had to give up on that and yeah. uh, just. Uh, <laughs> start enjoying the music yeah. I don't know. there was i maybe it's like this for everybody but i just at some point if you think too much about it you kind of take the fun out of it yeah and uh and when i realized i wasn't having fun anymore i thought well it's time to change things up a little bit
0: yeah yeah, yeah so well now it's lucas's yeah <laughs> so
1: Very good. inspired by uncle guy yeah.
0: It's very a cool, great, great version of that tune. Yeah. yeah, that one's that one's Twinkle sir? No, that's
1: uh, Devil Uncle Joe. Devil Uncle yeah. Joe. Well, okay. and I'm sure it's. Uh, Did you ever see the Devil Uncle Joe? But on the record, ah, on the record, okay. on the record uh, they didn't have room for that whole title, so they just yeah. put Devil very, Uncle very Joe. Good. So we've just ended up calling it that. Yeah. All right, Lucas. What's uh What's next on the list? Well, um, well, Fred had another uncle, um, Long Brooks, and this was a. Uh, a great little journey for me because I knew he was a fiddler and, and I had met a lot of his children who who also uh, played music and they're great singers, the uh, the Brooks sisters, and uh, they kind of sing all around Allegheny. And, um, but I knew there was recordings of their dad out there, but I just uh, had a hard time tracking him down. And then it turned out that, uh, that he had played with a guitar player named Cliff Evans who had a jewelry shop in Sparta and nice thing for for the good and the bad word gets around pretty quick in sparta and so if if people want things to happen yeah. they'll uh word will get around and it'll happen so it didn't take too long for word to get around that i was looking for recordings of uncle lon yeah and um and then all of a sudden um cliff's daughter margaret uh gave me a call and she said you know if you'd like to uh she said i've got some recordings of dad and and lon If you'd uh, if you if you're interested in them, I said absolutely. I said you know I'll run them off, you know I'll digitize them, and you know because they were all on reels. Mm -hmm. And I thought she might just bring you a couple of couple by, and I was really really excited about it. And uh, and she showed up with just a huge box (laughs) of uh, of reels. Oh my goodness! And it literally took me about two years um, to go through them. and Cliff. Cliff was a guitar player, and um, and just about anybody who was anybody that came through Sparta sat down and played with Cliff for a little bit. Yeah. And he would always run his reel-to-reel player, as far as I can tell. And he recorded some of the most amazing things, anything from birds chirping to some of his old aunts singing ballads yeah. to lots of different fiddle players and musicians, and there's this... Uh, there's this Jenny Hawker album that I love that she, uh, in the intro, she talked, I think the album, something to do with her father, but in the intro she says, uh, on this record you'll find bluegrass country, old time, and gospel, what my dad would have just called music. <laughs> and uh, and I've always, I just love the way she put that. Yeah. And I thought, and Cliff's recordings were just like that for yeah. him. You know, you might have a bluegrass banjo player, and then his dad playing clawhammer banjo, and then an old time fiddler and a bluegrass fiddler. It was just everything on there. And then did you see also birds chirping? And then birds chirping, yeah. yeah. Also music, yeah. yeah. Just anything, anything yeah. was on there. Cool. So it took about two years, and uh, my wife, my wife nearly killed me uh, <laughs> with uh, going through all those reels in the living room and getting them all labeled and sorted yeah. out and everything. But finally, finally got it all uh, all transferred over. And, I'd be uh, in so much trouble <laughs> big box of reels yeah. what are these
0: here for again <laughs> yeah.
1: again this year and yeah <laughs> so but anyway we um, uh, on those reels were, were lots of recordings of Uncle Lon so it was just a real treasure and, uh, yeah. and uh, so these two guys Cliff and Lon would just sit around lots of Saturday nights and just play music and uh, and just the two of them fiddle and guitar so Um, Uncle Lon, according to the family, Uncle Lon um, was a lot smoother of a fiddler, Uncle Guy was kind of a square dance fiddler, and then Uncle Lon was a much smoother fiddler, and he liked to play waltzes and um, some other stuff. So, This is uh, his version of Twinkle Little Star, thought we'd do.
0: Twinkle little star. Twinkle little star. Not to be confused. Uh, Uncle Lon's twinkle, version. Twinkle yep. twinkle little star. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, uh, she's Uncle Lon's version Is there another source of it? Uh, yeah, Kilby might uh know, know better than me, but there's some other versions of Twinkle Little Star around. Huh. Yeah. I don't uh-huh. know
0: uh I'm trying to, I don't know what the earliest version but like Paul Warren and okay. Benny mm-hmm. Martin and those sort mm-hmm. of 50s, 60s era bluegrass guys played a version. Ah, uh, very good. It's a lot different, but I'm sure there's Versions go back. Yeah. that's a delightful tune. It's new to me. Yeah. (laughs) Very cool. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, Well, uh, there was another brother in the family, Uncle Charlie, and he had a daughter named Faye. Um, Faye uh, ended up being a Wagner, and uh, she was a great, great guitar. She was a great, great guitar player, and and she played... um, Kind of in the, if I've got my years right, in the, in the 80s, um, 70s and 80s, they would uh, get together on Saturday nights, and they would kind of get together with another family, uh, the Caudill family, uh, or some, some members of the Caudills. And they've been recorded on a couple of um, different, like uh, old originals and some other things. Um, and so mostly it was Joe Caudill and Clell Caudill and uh, Bertie Dickens. And they would get get together on Saturdays with uh, Faye Wagner, and then Fred McBride would come over, and another banjo ben- player named George Eller. And for years, they just had these great Saturday night sessions. Um, that that are uh, fortunately uh, some of those have been recorded, and uh, those are really real treasures. Um, but Faye's uh, acquaintance with the Coddle family really got me in close with the. Um, just interested in, in in those recordings. Yeah. And um, and so I thought we might do some banjo stuff. And uh, one of my favorite banjo players in the world was uh, was Birdie Dickens. And uh, she was just a great great banjo player from Allegheny County. And she won the um, the uh, North Carolina Folk Heritage Award one year. And Alice Gerard came and recorded her mm. and did some neat stuff. And uh, she just had this uh, beautiful touch on the banjo. Um, in particular, I. I I just personally think she was a, like a master of the fifth string. Yeah. And, uh, and we just did the, these neat things with it. So um, I thought we might do a, her version of uh, Sally Ann. Another great banjo player from the area uh, was Wade Ward, and uh, sometimes I think in my mind I really need to do more research on it, but uh, it's almost like you could draw a triangle from Sparta up to Galax, and then over to Independence, and kind of make this triangle of just a certain kind of sound, uh, both in fiddling and, uh, and in banjo playing. And on the fiddle, I guess it's all sort of um, maybe Green Leonard uh, descendants, but um on the banjo, it just had this great uh, sort of open, real strumming sound, which I really like a lot, and, uh, and uh, Wade certainly captured that in a great way. And I was lucky enough to get acquainted with uh, Peter Parrish not too long ago, and um, it's been great talking to him about um, Uncle Wade's playing and some of, some of Wade's techniques and things like that. And, uh, so one of my favorite uh, Uncle Wade tunes is, um, is Lost Indian. Uh, his, his really strange uh, version of Lost Indian, which doesn't sound like any other version of Lost Indian, but I um, thought we might play just a little bit of that.
0: That's a very mesmerizing banjo tune, yeah. So this is uh, this is our last tune, right? I think Pretty so. I think so this is a good one to wrap up. Oh. Yeah. Before you enter this one, I just want to say, like, uh, well, first of all, I always love it when my guest just does all the work for me, <laughs> like, and I just get to let you know. <laughs> well, like. I was
1: just worried about talking the whole time. I've no, I mean, I,
0: if you were talking too much, I would have stopped you. <laughs> like, right. you know, I, I love your stories. Yeah. I, I especially love this happens frequently on this show that like. Generally, the the musician's story of like an old time musician is it's like of gratitude. It's always just like this person helped me out, this person taught me something, and like I just love like the amount of names that you know <laughs> that you shared in their stories and the way they affected you. And like I don't know, it's really beautiful that you're passing that down, and um, yeah, it's really cool. And especially because you you teach at. Um,
1: like a jam school? What's it called? I do. It's uh, it's called JAM. It uh, stands for Junior, Appa- Junior Appalachian Musicians, yeah. and it was started by Helen White in uh, yeah. 2000. And she just saw this... Um, she was a guidance counselor in Sparta, yeah. and she just saw this real disconnect between uh, a lot of the students in the school and their cultural and musical heritage. Yes. And uh, so she started writing grants uh, to get instruments for an after-school music program. And um, it's just... It, it's, you know, I... I've, it is certainly in part to preserve the music yes. and the heritage and all of that. But, um, you know, I think there's a lot of, at least uh, in my, my personal journey with it, and I think Helen's too, um, the, the, the real shift is using the music to help the kids. Yes. And what we've, uh, what Helen, what I've heard Helen say is that, you know, the the, the music is pretty safe. You, there's lots of people playing this music yeah. and learning it, and yeah. um, but using the music for the kids is really is really something magical. And especially uh, in this day and age, when we're getting so much, uh, so many cuts to the arts and funding yes. and all yeah. of that stuff, so uh, programs like Jam are uh, are more and more important uh, yeah. to kids because uh, they're just not getting it during the school day yeah. like we used to get. So. I think it's
0: really special that you're teaching this music. Like, I think, I mean, I think kids getting any music education is awesome, but this one, you're teaching them to, you know, it's like a free activity. Mm-hmm. And they, and it's a way that they can, like, interact with each other, like, in a super positive way where they have to listen to each other. And it's like all the skills that you need for, um, to do old time are just like the skills you need in the real world. I mean... in Except for the sense that they're sort of (laughs) anti-capitalist. But but other than that, they're just like, you know, like... Just the skills you need to relate and, you know, have good relationships with other people. And I think it's really cool that you teach it.
1: I don't know. If you see how old-time bands compete over uh, prize money, I don't know how uh, anti-capitalistic
0: they are. (laughs) Right. I
1: mean, at its best, maybe. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean... I don't know how effectively capitalist. Yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, and I think it's really cool that you're like going to be, you know, some of these kids, Fred McBride, you know, and like, yeah, yeah. yeah except for except for you're younger when they found you, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get to play with yeah. you more. Um, and uh, maybe before you intro this last tune, what would you like to? plug or
1: promote well, um, I just want to the, the recordings that I mentioned before from Cliff Evans um, thanks to Kilby Spencer we were able to pull these together into uh, into the Field Recorders Collective and I'm just so thankful for, for everybody that works at the Field Recorders Collective and for yeah. Kilby for staying on me to, uh, to get these recordings over there because I had sort of <laughs> run out of steam at the end of it and uh, I had everything digitized but yes. I just didn't have the energy to do anything with it and um and killie did all the grunt work and they got everything together and the the cover designs and everything and um so it's really been just a dream come true for me yeah so the first cd we put out was um was uh fiddlers of allegheny county and we chose a handful of fiddlers from those cds and some of killie's collection too and uh, put together just a great sampling of um of of super old time right on up to kind of on the verge of bluegrass, kind of heading towards bluegrass. And then uh, this last year, we came out with uh, two CDs, the uh, Allegheny Banjo Player CD, which was the follow-up for the Fiddlers. Mm. Um, and uh, kind of the same thing. It starts with uh, Cliff Evans's grandfather, who uh, there's just a couple of uh, claw hammer cuts of him. And then it goes on to um, some early bluegrass players. And then we also came out with the uh, Fred McBride CD. And uh, I love that CD because it's just fiddle and banjo. And and I think that he was on a couple of commercial recordings, which were also great, but there's just something magical about that uh, fiddle-banjo combination. Right on. And uh, hopefully, hopefully... Am I allowed to mention the, uh, the, the, my, my it's last getting a nod. dream? <laughs> it's gonna kill me not. <laughs> my last dream of that, we, we kind of saved all the caudal family stuff. Yeah. Um, and we didn't put it on the fiddle or banjo CD because I'd like to put together just a, just a CD of the caudal family. Right on. And, uh, try to get as many of those brothers and sisters and different recordings at different times. And, uh, so, um, uh, so the Field Recorders Collective has just been, has uh, helped make all my dreams come true as far as uh, music music goes and getting music out And so uh, hopefully people will check them out right on. and enjoy them right on that's uh,
0: fieldrecorder.org that's right or fieldrecorder.bandcamp.com
1: correct alright yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the last tune actually yeah. is uh, we'll do one of those Caudel, uh family ones and I love this uh, this version of this because this was the oldest brother of that family and there were 10 there might have been like 10 kids somewhere around there you know it was a really big family so the oldest brother was quite a bit older than the other ones and Fred um met him in his in his later years and uh, you know it's you it, you hear so many you hear so many people say things like well, that's not old time that's not old time mm-hmm. <laughs> you know they're always getting on each other about what's what's right and what's not and versions and things like that and uh, so I was really, um, you know, for me, Joe and Clell Cottle, they were they were really just some of my heroes in terms of Allegheny music, and I was like, this is it, you know, this is some of my favorite music, and Birdie and Joe Clell and Birdie kind of had this certain sound that was just great. And uh, but I was talking to Fred, and and he had played with Hughes just in his later years. Got 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 to meet him as an old man, and uh, I thought it was just so funny that. Hughes would say about Joe and Clell that what they were playing just wasn't old time, and they had uh, they'd spit it up and they were ruining it, and they were playing it too fast and uh <laughs> and I don't know, it just kind of pointed out in my mind like every generation is gonna yeah. it's it's just not gonna sound like the generation before it, yeah. and you can try and try, but you know things change, and yeah. it was just so funny to hear. Cleo, uh, to hear Hughes criticizing, <laughs> yeah, the music that I thought was surely like completely pure and authentic old time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it it's just wasn't. Younger to, family member. That's right. right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's awesome. uh, I don't know, and I just think you know if you listen to those recordings of Hughes and Emmett Lundy, and you know, yeah. I really think if they played at fiddlers conventions now. I, I don't think that they I don't think Emmett Lundy would win. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it was just it was it was kinda of too slow and careful right, and right. uh you know if it were if it were blind judging and uh yeah. and all of that and it's just interesting how uh, how everything changes. Yeah. And I've just come to the point where I just really enjoy it. I'm just I've just decided I'm I'm done I'm done criticizing uh I'm just done criticizing stuff. I just want to sit back and enjoy it and Amen. I remember one time I was at this I'm just gonna keep on talking, I'm sorry, I'll just no, tell one <laughs> one more quick story, but just for me personally, I just remember one time being at a dance and this is maybe like I say, maybe everybody goes through this. But I went through a phase where I was like, you know, kinda of hyper has to be just like this. Has to be Sure, sure. You know, just like this version and that and and um and I just remember being at this dance with this with this young fiddler, and uh, and the way she was playing it, I just at that point in my life, I just thought it was wrong. I yeah. just thought it was wrong. She was, she said she was playing. Let's, I, don't, I can't even remember. Let's see, she was playing Tommy Gerald's version of something, and and it just didn't sound right to me. And I knew it wasn't right. And uh, and I was just I was just having all these critical thoughts in my mind. <laughs> and then I just realized, it just kind of hit me in this moment. I'm like. You know, here I am, pouting in the back, thinking all these things about this version of it. Yeah. And there, all the dancers yeah. are just tearing up the dance floor. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and that that moment just sort of, it was like everything just shifted inside me. Yeah. And I was like, if, if the dancers are dancing, you know you're doing something right. Yeah. And you can sit back and compare all these old recordings and and which i love to do i mean don't get i'm not yeah. criticizing that either I'm you know i love to do that and i love to think about these versions and try to get it like the old timers got it but uh if the dancers are dancing and you're having fun then you're really doing something right yeah and, uh, <laughs> and you should really really just enjoy that
0: that's like you're like come
1: to jesus moment yeah really was. Was. Like, it's like am i gonna be
0: an old time curmudgeon or am i gonna like or am i gonna uh you know encourage
1: the new generation yeah. of players and yeah that's cool yeah. i love it yeah no you've hit it right there an old time curmudgeon and <laughs> i love the old time curmudgeon yeah so i still yeah. like them <laughs> yeah
0: yeah but i appreciate your your attitude about that yeah it's it's
1: good so this is um, one of my favorite versions of Salian. And so Hughes will, will play it a little bit slower. And uh, Hughes just had all these nice little notes in there and played it at kind of a slow, steady pace. And uh, I just thought it was uh, just beautiful, the touch they had on it. So
0: Thanks so much, Lucas. Yeah, thank Be- you so much for having playing, me. Beautiful playing,
1: beautiful stories.
0: Hey friends, I really want you to buy Lucas's new album, Stratford at Bow, so I've included a link in the episode description and accompanying Facebook post. All profits will go to Allegheny Jam, so get a copy and support what's basically the coolest program ever. And once you're done with that, do yourself a favor and check out the links to those Field Recorders collective albums that Lucas mentioned. If you want to support Get Up in the Cool, that's really thoughtful of you. I accept. There's a few ways to do it. One, share the show with everyone you know, in person and on social media. Two, leave a five-star review on the iTunes store. A big thanks to those of you who have done this already. And three, support Get Up in the Cool financially on Patreon. September has been a pretty huge month for getting new supporters. It's really exciting and humbling for me. Uh, I'm so glad you all like the show. Uh, you make me want to keep it going forever. Big thanks to... Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this name. Uh, Gareth Jaland? Gareth Hopefully that's right. It's B J A A L A N D. Uh, Dexter Harding and Jim Etkin for signing up this week. Uh, and an extra big thanks to Phil Schills for raising his support level. Uh, me and Phil and David Whiting had an awesome online hangout and we just talked banjo for like an hour and we're going to have another one this weekend so come join the party just go to CameronDubit.com and click the button that says Patreon and find the level that works for you other rewards include mp3 downloads on air shout outs and uh, access to the weekly bonus track this week's bonus track features Lucas and Kilby's mom Emily playing Cumberland Gap and it's delightful I really want you to hear it one more announcement and uh, this is just A little teaser, I'm working on another podcast. It's not about old time and there's no live music, but I really like it. And I think some of you might like it too. I don't know. i am actually really curious about what that Venn diagram is going to look like because you guys, it's a very different show and I'm very different on it. We're actually recording episode four tomorrow night, but yeah, uh, more on that soon. For now, thanks for listening to this show and make sure to check out Lucas's album and support Allegheny Jam. That's all for now, friends. Come back next week and we'll get up in the cool.